rocksection86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. Fakakta Comedy Funhouse Network. Folks, welcome to another episode of The Song Inside and Out, and I am your host, Blake Clayton, here on the FCF Network, and I have a special guest with me this evening. Uh, I've known him for quite a few years. Uh, I've seen him tons and tons of times live. Um, we've even ate pizza together in my living room <laughs> a long time ago, but yeah. <laughs> uh, a good friend of mine, Joseph Huber. Welcome to the show, Joseph. Thank you so much for having me, Blake. Uh, you know, like I said, we, I've... I, I, I saw you play a long time ago. Uh, the first time, I think, was in Pekin, which, which is the high note now, but it was called Bottoms Up at the time. Uh, yep. Back when you were with a specific band. It, I call it the shocking show because um, I think we've talked about it before. You guys had some issues with the, the microphones. <laughs> oh, it's a relive that memory. Yes. That's, it's, uh, when you get electrocuted, you actually remember that, that moment very uh, – very precisely, and my mind can actually shoot back to that moment pretty darn good. Still to this day, that hurt like a son of a, <laughs> I must say. Uh, pretty sure Derek just about walked off stage on yeah. that one too, and and uh, he got he got uh, shocked first before I did, and I was like, "What's your problem? Get it together!" <laughs> and it happened to me, and I was like, "Oh, I get it. I get it now. Yeah, that really sucks." So that was that was the first time uh, that I experienced uh, Joseph Huber. Um, and you were playing banjo, uh, for the band. Um, but mm-hmm. since then you've, you've released three solo albums. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I've, I've, I've seen you play a lot. And, and when I was trying to pick out a song, um, I wanted to do one off the, the, the latest album, the hanging road. Sure. And I know, uh, we've talked to me, I've, you've been on IBWIP a few times and we've talked and I know, uh, the song same river twice was one you kind of brought up on the last one. So that's kind of the song that I picked for this episode. So let's, let's kind of go through some other stuff and then we'll get to the song. If that's all right. Okay. Um, so, you know, doing the solo stuff that you've done, uh, you have the, the, the kick drum suitcase seat. And I was, I was just curious of how that came about, how that came to be part of, of basically your, your, your music and your live shows. Um, it was probably, partly intentional and partly necessity because uh, uh, at the time I started playing solo stuff, uh, it was just kind of a, a thing I thought I'd do to fill the songs out. Um, I had uh, been a fan of this guy, Morgan O'Kane, who I'd watched him at the time. I know him now and uh, had the fortunate experience of meeting him. Um, but uh, back in the day, he was just a guy I watched on YouTube and knew he had like similar friends and things like that. And he did some street performances and still does to this day, I think kind of busking with, uh, with a suitcase on this, you know, sitting on a suitcase, uh, more upright and then uh, having a tambourine on his foot. And I was like, well, I'm just going to fill out the solo stuff just a little bit more to give it a little bit more bump. 
um, since I was pretty much used to having that bump after many years of 357, uh, kind of the, the constant thumping in the background. So, so to suddenly not have that anymore was, it must've been too much for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I just decided that I needed to have that as a part of the show. And I, honestly, I, I, I've been, I'm starting to look for a drummer right now, um, in terms of the live show, because I don't think it's going to really continue to, um, be a part of the show. It's lasted up until now and it works just fine. Uh, but I got more stuff coming up that I'm writing now that is just, just kind of going to need a, a whole drum kit sort of sound. But up until now, it's worked out quite well. And, uh, uh, kept me probably a little bit more in shape than I would have been <laughs> not been for doing it. So, sure. so um, well, yeah, that's cool because you know. Go on. And I was curious <laughs> if, if if that was the same if the same suitcase has lasted you over these last few years. It's actually only the second one. Oh wow! Um, they're both uh, they're both Samsonite, so maybe I can uh, maybe get sponsored by them someday. There you go. But uh, they. Yeah, this is the second one, and currently it is. Uh, I, I've made many uh, attempts to keep this one going, and this one's probably got just a couple months left in it. Really, it's completely held together by duct tape around every edge, but you really can't tell that because it's a brown suitcase, and I got brown brown duct tape on it. Go. So uh, and it's the exact same brown. So people think it looks in good shape, but then they see it up close, and <laughs> they're nice. like. Oh no 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 no! That's that's gotta go. It's on its way out. <laughs> so you know, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about songwriting. Um, you know, I I just gearing up for this. I was listening to the Hanging Road quite a bit the last couple of weeks just to try to get not only a feel for the same river twice, but also the whole album. And one sure. of the, one of the things I noticed, and this might be me just being completely over engulfed in <laughs> lyrics, as I often do, but. <laughs> Um, you know, in your songwriting, I've noticed that there's a lot of um, references to to nature, I guess, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was an intentional thing, if you were an outdoorsy kind of guy or if you were, um, you know, if that was part of it or if I was just really reaching out and <laughs> grabbing at straws. Um, I'm just trying to think of some of the references, maybe. Um I, am I an outdoorsy guy? I, I would say maybe I long to be a little bit more than I really am, but I certainly do enjoy uh, what outdoorsy stuff can happen in Wisconsin in those in those short summer months that uh, that I do appreciate. But otherwise, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe there's like a certain sort of freeing aspect of uh, that kind of stuff in my mind that's sure. kind of when you when you go back to nature kind of thing in those moments or something like that where you can actually feel like you're in touch with something that's maybe lost. So, uh, but, I mean, living in Wisconsin, for me, uh, nature was pretty much lost on me for eight months out of the year. So right. maybe when it does come around and, and is uh, is very nice, then I really indulge in that, yeah. in the thought of that. But, like, right now, I just I can't stand going outside so much, <laughs> and I just get holed up. You know, where I'm like, I got nine blocks to get from my home to my shop. And some days I just can't get myself to go outside to those nine blocks <laughs> to get there to work. Because I'm just, I hate the cold so much. And, and so, Wisconsin is not the place to be then. <laughs> right? No, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for songwriting over the years, um, you know, 
when you were writing songs at the time of like 357 and now, how would you say that your maybe songwriting has matured or how do you, what, what differences do you see in your songwriting? Oh, I would say a whole bunch. I don't know if I, I mean, songwriting varies a lot these days, I guess. Uh, but I guess when I listen to the old 357 stuff, it's, it's pretty linear stuff. I mean, it was, uh, it was really, when I was writing those back in the day, I would say that, uh, you know, a quick little hook sure. and a vocal thing was the start of everything. And then, uh, you know, there there's not a lot of room to really expand lyrically within the format of three minutes balls to the wall. Right. <laughs> um, and so since then, I guess, uh, yeah, I can actually like maybe work on writing a song where it's more lyrically, uh, in depth a little bit more because the song isn't purely for the sake of just being, you know, an amped up bluegrass sound. Right. And, uh, where, yeah, it's more about just like a, a quick vocal hook, uh, which is nothing wrong with that. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy still writing those songs, and uh, and they serve their purpose wonderfully in this world. But yeah, maybe now it's just like I don't have a single type of um, abstract format that I work within. Maybe when like when I started with the three fifty seven stuff, when we were kind of finding ourselves, and after three albums up, it kind of did find that format. Sure. Um, and now it's just uh, now it's just whatever, yeah. Whatever and, comes out. I mean, I got another album coming out in hopefully like four months, and it's pretty much done. I'm working on it, and it's completely different. So it's uh, um, it uh, and the solo stuff. It just kind of it continues to expand sure, a little bit. So. Definitely, and you can tell that from the first solo album, solo album to Hanger Up. You know, the first album we talked about it before. It was it was more of a darker, you know. Uh, Lyrically, it was more darker, and the the music was more darker. Mm-hmm. And you know, on on hanging rope, uh, hanging road. I'm sorry, but you know, even with the song "Sam River Twice," it's the first song on the album, and it, it just kicks in, and it it just sets the tone kind of for the whole album, in my opinion. You know, musically. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Do you do you do you try to? Um, I mean, you don't want to stay you know, in a rut or the same sound. Do you try to push yourself in different directions? Like, you know, like you said, with the new album, with how it has some different stuff on it. Do you try to push yourself that way? Or does it just kind of, you know, from, from time to time, it just, you go in different directions? Oh, I think that it's the mind, maybe just any mind just naturally uh, feels like it's accomplished a certain sound and then kind of seeks naturally just seeks out beyond that a little bit sure. because, you know, it when, when people like your sound um, up until that point, you go, yeah, well, I because the songs that I wrote in that vein, I feel like you did uh, write the best song you could that way. So to try to keep on writing more songs in the same way would really just be a, attempting to approximate what you've already done. Um, so, you know, I think Old Mountain Tune is probably one of the maybe better songs I've written. And uh, there are times I'm just like, man, I wish I could uh, maybe pump something out like that. Or this album needs a song like that. But then you just go, all I'm going to do is end up trying to approximate something I've already done. And it's going to be, it's going to be 70% good (laughs) compared to it. And you'll always think of that in your mind. So you might as well just 
you know, expand out beyond that and try something new that you will like 100% in a new vein. So, you know, you just don't want to start uh, writing the same song and uh, being, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of older artists do that that are still going into their, you know, 60s and 70s, these cut classic rockers or something like that. I was just listening to the radio today and, you know, um, some band that hadn't been around for 20 years and decides to come back with a new album and their first single sounds exactly like they did back in the day, but not to a sense that it's good, right? just in the sense that it's okay and it kind of sounds like them and it's listenable, but it doesn't trigger something new in your brain that says, um, wow, they've still got it. Right. You know, that all it really does is make you say, well, that sounds like a song they would do. My um, a, good, a good example of that for me is the new Def Leppard album. Like, I I, I got a, I got a copy of that new album, and I was just like, "Oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're trying to sound the same way you did 20 years ago, but unfortunately, yeah, you know." But well, I was thinking of uh, it was ELO actually. It was okay. Jeff Lynne. I love ELO. I love Jeff Lynne, and and when I heard the song, all I thought was, "Man, that sure, yeah, that sounds like something they would do." <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I can buy the record, but even though I'm a fan, but no, it's just like, yeah, that's good. That's good. So but, yeah, sometimes it might be better just to like really just do something crazy and different. Sure. Just give it a whirl. Well, you know, in another example, that would be David Bowie. I mean, he was constantly re- revamping his sound, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Certainly. And uh, I think that's what gives you longevity is, you know, you, you get you get fans um, from one sound, but if they'll grow with you, if if it's good enough, they'll grow with you. Yeah. Oh, I certainly agree, and that would be a, a darn good example right there. <laughs> Rest in peace, old Mr. Bowie. So what is your writing process? Uh, are, are you the kind that carries a notepad around? Are you a kind that um, sits down and writes a song until you grind it out or... Do they, you know, they sit on a piece of paper for a while? What what is the process that you go through? Uh, it's pretty different. It's pretty different for everyone, but I think it usually involves starting by uh, um, just one little line that is the nugget of gold that the whole thing somehow surrounds. But uh, usually that starts out with having to read and just kind of get your mind working in a or a musical way, I guess. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a huge guy of being, uh, like reading poetry, but I do read poetry. And when you, when you're reading it and you, and your mind starts to get into that lyrical way of thinking, sometimes, uh, you can just write down and take from that and start thinking, you know, whatever, whatever you're reading and, and form that into your own thoughts. But when you're in this mode of thinking rhythmically, sure. so sometimes you'll just, I'll experiment with that, and after a while, you might just come up with some one little nugget that you'll end up using, or it could be the main line of the song. And and uh, really, all you need is that one main little nugget that's kind of makes makes the whole song worthwhile. And anything you do around that, as long as that one nugget is good, it kind of lifts everything in the song. You know. So, a single hook is very important. Every <laughs> song, I guess. It's you know, it's it's, it's the foundation of a house. Right. Yeah. So, yep, um, exactly. What is one, um, what's the best advice songwriting for, for songwriting that you've been ever given? Um, boy, I don't know. It's a pretty, 
self-taught. I really don't ask for a bunch of advice on songwriting. <laughs> well, well, um, what, then, then I guess let me if you I'll, I'll open it up. What is one piece of advice that you would give uh, an inspiring songwriter? Um, just to try not to sound like someone else. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess kind of know your influences, but also just not, you know, uh, I guess like sometimes when I start writing a song and then I realize that I'm just trying to do something I heard recently or someone who inspires me, but in the end, like, just like every human being just has their own damn DNA. They just have their own sound. Um, whether they want to sound like someone or not, it's just not going to work. Right. Um, you could, you could write a song for someone else and that's fine because you have like a, but if you're going to write a song, that's going to be you singing it. I mean, as much as I could write a song myself that sounded like Bob Dylan, I could never sing a song and sound vocally like doing justice to a song that sounds like a Bob Dylan song. So I just don't write that anymore. I don't attempt to write the song sure. like that anymore because when you sing it, it ain't going to sound right. Cause all you're going to hear is someone else. So in the end, you just have to sing by finding what you are sure. <laughs> as an individual songwriter, what you do. And it's not going to be like what anyone else is. So don't write a song. Don't like you're listening to Bob Dylan all the time, but don't try to write a song that sounds like Bob Dylan because when you record it, it's not going to be, and it's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so just find yourself, yourself, what you do, and and try to follow that. Awesome. All right, well, we'll be right back. We're going to play a promo for another show here on FCF Network. Um, so we'll be right back with Joseph Huber. Step right up, step right up. Are you a fan of the macabre? Do you enjoy blood and guts? Does gore get you excited? Is getting scared your thing? Do you like horror movies? Boy oh boy, do we have the right show for you. SM Radio is the best horror movie podcast on the web. Shannon and Mark discuss a different horror movie topic each episode. Some episodes are about specific horror movies, some episodes are about folks involved with horror movies while others are about top ten lists of horror movie topics, all with great music from all genres. I should warn you right away, spoiler alert, those two yahoos pretty much give away everything every time. Come one, come all, down to SM Radio, where nothing is too taboo. All right, folks, welcome back to the song Inside and Out, and we have with us Joseph Huber, and we're, we're going to break it down. We're going to go to... Uh, his song it's the title track it's the first track off the hanging road it's same river twice um joseph what where did this song originate from what what was the origin of it um well i used to be a philosophy uh major back in college and kind of had to start out with a lot of those basic ancient greek philosophy kind of guys where it all started or western thought so, like, what's his name? Heraclitus or something. Uh, this guy that essentially had a philosophy of all is in flux. And that was one of his uh, ways of saying that no man can 
step in the same river twice, just kind of get that idea across of, you know, all being flux in the world. So, uh, at the time, maybe two years into the relationship that, uh, me and my wife, uh, now wife of two years, um, but two years after we were actually together, we split up for probably about a six or seven month period. And that was the song that I wrote kind of along the lines of, Hey, Holy shit. Can I swear on this? I yeah, you're, I can't, you're, you're fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it just happens naturally. Right. Well, you know, I just thought, what have I done? Sort of, uh, that was a really bad mistake. And how about we try that again? And what are the chances that, you know, in a million years that you'd actually give me another chance. But, um, so that was the song that I wrote with that kind of in mind as being, how about we step in the same river for the second time as in certainly all is in flux and maybe you can't go back, but at the same time, we're different people now sure. and it's not really going back. I mean, we're, we're coming back together, but we're definitely two people have learned from the situation and seeing that we, uh, actually enjoy each other quite well. So, and we now are married. Well, then so. it worked. The song worked. And it, and it all worked out in the end, yep. <laughs> now, I, I imagine so, you can use this song for yeah. when, when when you're in trouble with the wife. You can just, like, you know, you pick up your guitar and just uh, all of a sudden play, start playing it. Or, you know, if you're in the car, you can pop it in the CD player. <laughs> like, how can you be mad at me? I wrote this for you. <laughs> yep. Oh, hell, I got a, I probably uh, 70% of the songs sure. or 80% of the songs probably have her in mind. So, so hopefully she isn't just getting jaded by the... Uh, the concept of having songs about her yet. <laughs> you know, when, when you play, they have helped out. You, when you play new album, you know, your new album, you're like, she's like, hmm, this one about me? How many, how many of these are about me on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So what are the chords that, that, that build this song? What are the chords? Yeah, like the guitar chords. Um, oh, are you learning now? You want to get this one down? No, but what I do is I, I, I know there's a lot of people that play guitar, and I, I just, that's mm-hmm. one of the questions I ask because, um, I don't know, I just, <laughs> it just seems interesting to me. But there's a basic song in the key G right there, just because there's only a few different, uh, different chords that my, my voice can really work in. So, there are different keys that my voice can work in, but it's a standard one, four, five, I guess you'd call it standard G, C, D, and E minor song, but it's, uh, it's a complicated, it really is based around the, uh, the, the lyrical line, which just kind of takes, uh, uh, a lot of little quick little turns and, uh, unexpected things that kind of makes the song, you know, somewhat lasting because it's not just a basic G, C, D over and over. And I, I, when I'm writing a song, I think, I usually try to really have these little twists that not everyone can immediately follow because as soon as you follow it, then then you can start to tire of it. Sure. So if you can never fully grasp what's actually going on, then it maybe has a little lasting power going on in there because it has a sense of uh, um, maybe being new every time, inconceivability behind it or something. Sure. So it makes it last. Do you normally write lyrics first and music second? Is uh, you just kind of build the music around the lyrics? It's definitely, but I would say faster songs usually have uh, the music written first. Something about maybe a single line or a hook, but then it really is about like maybe when I'm writing, I'm like humming, humming stuff along, full lyrics, 
along with a, a melody line that is being sought in order to really just be catchy. Um, but mostly uh, maybe some other mid-tempo stuff. I usually have a lot of lyrical content written out first of what this song is going to be about because those are where the lyrics pop out. you got to be saying something. And I would say, yeah, lyrics. Um, if you can tell it's a lyrical song, then sure. usually I have a, a pretty darn good outline of all the lyrics written uh, before beforehand, I would say. Um, you know, how you, you said, you know, with this, you know, being, uh, uh, you guys' relationship was at a, at a bad point and you were, so you, you've had this song for, for, for four, four years or so. It was the first song that I had, um, and it was, it was almost written and somewhat conceived of, yeah, when Tongues of Fire was. Um, had long been out or for a little while had been out. So this was pretty much the song that I had written very first or was done first of any of the ones on the hanging road. That's uh same river twice. And, uh, and actually the unpromised land, those, the first and the last, those two songs were the first ones that were completed and, uh, were sort of written about the same idea. Um, but one from a really just like, you know, optimistic let's get back together versus a uh um the unpromised land being like what the future could be like a, a hopeless future had this gone completely to the point of us never getting back together sure. again and kind of like uh you know taking that to the logical conclusion of complete misery so <laughs> <laughs> you know in 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 song in songwriting and mostly in our genre of music, you know, there's there's pretty much two basic topics. It's either partying and having a good time, or relationships that have ended. You know, and um, yeah. Do you do you find that you try to? I mean, do you do you try to write um, outside of those realms? Because you know, like I said. There, there, there's no super, super depressing relationship ending songs, you know, on this CD specifically. But um, do you just mm -hmm. do you? I mean, how do you go and try to keep away from the the norm? I guess. Oh man, I would say there's probably still a seed of those ideas, even if it's just hidden and not and more subtle. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Really, there's just a lot of. You know, that is drinking songs and uh, losing love songs are the standard, certainly because they're probably the most, uh, you know, standard in people's lives, just in general. So, uh, I mean, yes, uh, I try to steer away from those um, maybe on a mildly conscious level, but really, I mean, there's nothing wrong with those because sure. um, if you're writing a song that's, that's kind of too intellectual or abstract or thought out or philosophical or preachy or anything like that. Really like if you have this, it's too much of an idea versus uh, maybe an evoking of an emotion, mm -hmm. you know, the, the drinking songs and the, and the losing love songs. I mean, the reason those work kind of is because they have uh, an emotional base and, uh, or in the sources of evoking an emotion versus, uh, you know, intellectually stimulating a person that says they have to like listen to the lyrics and in order to appreciate it. Sure. You know, when you're writing a sad, a sad bastard song and that is, uh, it's 
sometimes there's just more of a connection made because um, music is just more about evoking emotions. Sure. So that's why it's hard to play a song like One Cheese Menio on the on the Hanging Road, which it's uh this is not purely about an emotional connection. This is a a, a very vivid uh, kind of drawn out idea and you're you'd have to listen to this in song in order to understand and truly mentally conceive of the point of the song versus just hearing it and being like, I feel that. Right, right. You know? So yeah, it's very different, but there's a reason that those songs work, I guess. Oh yeah. You know <laughs> um, it evokes emotion and the music of emotion. So right. So, um, who are some of the people that played on this uh, on this song on the record? Did you do all of it, or on the hanging rope? Yeah. Well, yeah. On, 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 uh, on that, on same river twice. Yeah. That would be that was all me. Wow. Um, that that last album was still pretty much a complete solo project. I'm looking at it right now, trying to think about if anyone put anything on there. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, this was all me. Wow. Um, I had a fiddle guy put a. a a, a lick on the Tongues of Fire album, but besides that, the last two albums have been completely a a, a lonesome bastard project. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but this next one I got coming out is going to have you know plenty of outside help here for fiddle and bass, and I got some lap steel on some stuff, so it'll be all over the place. Awesome, and and you said that that's you're you're looking to get that out. By you know, I hope May. May, awesome. I hope May, but uh, April would be pretty darn optimistic. May would be reasonable, so hopefully around that, we do, shall see. Do you have a title for it? Can you break the news on that? Uh, no, because I got about maybe four different ones okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could choose between, and and I have not been able to decide yet. Awesome, though. So, well, look, definitely look forward to that. So where do folks go to to get a hold of your albums and find out where you're playing? Um, I would direct people mostly to the websites over and over and over for all that info, uh, josephhubermusic.com. Um, and then you could pretty much spread out to wherever you wanted to go from there pretty much. Um, so, but I mean, if you want to keep up on the shows exactly, I mean, the Facebook has its uh, little Facebook page that I put shows on sometime if I remember to put them on Reverb Nation that's somehow freaking connected. I don't know. Uh, but definitely every show is on the website. So just go there, josephhubermusic.com if you want to keep up. Do you have any plans for touring in uh, the next three months or so? Uh, yeah, me and the boys are going to head out uh, for about 10 days in early March. I do have a lot of uh, weekend stuff coming up around the Midwest, but uh, March, I'll be heading out for 10 days going... East and southeast. Um, I don't know what the farthest point. I think it might end up going up through uh, Michigan to Ohio to Kentucky to Tennessee. Um, and then uh, in May, I'll be heading east again. Got some a wedding I'll be playing out in the East Coast, and I'm booking a tour up in the East Coast uh, around that in May. And uh, by then, I hope to have the album in my hand so that I can take that with me and then... Um, trying to hit the west coast in late summer so because i have not yet been out there as a, even a solo artist on the wow. west coast 
not been for three fifty seven days, probably in two thousand ten, I think we might have made it out there. So well, it's nice and warm out the there. to make that work. Right, it's nice and warm out there. <laughs> Go west. Yeah, <laughs> I need that now. <laughs> well, Joseph, thank you very much for being on the show. Um, I, I, I really thank for having me, Black. Thank I, you. I love your music. I, I appreciate your friendship and your music. And uh, and when you get that new album out, maybe you can come on and we can we can talk about one of those songs. I would love to do it. You've been good to me, no. certainly. So I'll definitely come back anytime you want, Blake. All right, that was. And this is. We're gonna go ahead and play now uh, from the Hanging Road. It's the same river twice. What do you say that you 
and I stand in the same river for the second time. Cause it's right today. This has been a Fakakta Comedy Funhouse production, executive produced by Blake Clayton. For more information and content, go to fcfnetwork.com. Are you a blogger or a podcaster or you're just not happy with your web hosts? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script installs with a free site builder and the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try a free demo to see how easy it is. And if you use a special coupon code, section 8686, you'll save 25% off your web hosting packages. What do you got to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite of your web hosting costs.